I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's going good now. And uh, we uh, apologize to listeners because we're very late this week, this month. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we've had some drama. Uh, uh, for those of you who are not in our Discord and don't know, uh, I had my septic system back up in my basement where my office is. Mm-hmm. And I had to spend three days cutting out the rug. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Thank God uh, it was not, uh, it didn't come from my toilet. It came from a washing machine. So it was just soapy water, but I still had to cut out the rug and tear out some stuff because of possible mold issues. But that took me all weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know it's been a month. I know we're a bi-weekly show and that is the struggle with a bi-weekly show. If you end up missing a week, ah, oh, you know, it's a couple weeks between episodes, but I think it was, um, I'm trying to remember like the order of events, but also in the last month, uh, my wife caught COVID. Then it was right after my issue it was the yeah. following week. <laughs> so it was like, it was, it was a cascading, uh, of events and, uh, apologies. If, even if you follow us on social, I mean, I've been so busy, I even forgot to post it, but it, it was posted in our Discord. We were letting everybody know in, in our Discord that we were going to be uh, late. But yeah, we, um, my wife caught COVID, and then um, a week later, I caught COVID. And uh, as you can tell, as you can hear, I'm still sort of in, I'd say in recovery. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't have COVID anymore, but I'm still feeling the effects. Take, it, I... St- I, I, I my COVID was three months ago and I still have after effects. I have a rash from it. It still hasn't gone away. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it was uh, it, right now. It's um a little bit of an earache um, and still some congestion. But I think, you know, I'm on I'm on the mend. Uh, I can taste my coffee again, which is that was a weird thing. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, one morning I went to sip my coffee and I'm like, uh, this tastes like water warm water that's not satisfying at all uh so I lucked, yeah i i lucked out i did not get the uh i did not get the loose taste bud things but i did get the loose smell things yeah i i i i could always smell but there's just something about that losing your your sense of taste was kind of like hmm this is really like all the other symptoms were very cold like you know for me anyways yeah for some reason losing my taste was like it it was a bit, it was a bit freaky, you know. But um, came back. But we digress. And, yeah, we digress. But let's kick things off. Let's talk extra life to start the show. Um, just a quick reminder that if you want to donate, you can go to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan. Hundred uh, percent donations go to uh, sick kids out of Toronto. And if you donate twenty five bucks, you can pick one zombie movie suggestion for us to discuss. $50 will get you three zombie movie suggestions. And uh, yeah, visit bit.ly slash extra life Ryan to donate. And since our last recording, we have had a few donations come in with some suggestions. 
Uh, our first is from Adam, who suggested Pontypool. Um, you may remember, longtime fans, we we have already discussed Pontypool, but it has been a whopping uh, seven years since we did yeah. that episode, um, yeah. which means no clips. And I'm pretty sure it was a Ryan goes to the movie episode. So it was very much from the perspective of Ryan watching this movie for the first time. Um, no, actually, I don't. I think that was before the Ryan goes to the movies. I think we did it as an episode. Uh, and the funny part is, is uh, I think that was the last time I watched Pontypool. So I was like, I was like seeing this show. Up, I was like, yeah, I could watch Pontypool again. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of the idea is we'll watch it again. Um, we, you know, we had a brief discussion about um, maybe watching. I think you, Lou, you had mentioned it's there's like dead, a- it's called it's called Dead Air. And it is a it's sort of like a zombie apocalypse on the ra- with the guy on the radio. It's kind of like a spiritual like remake American remake of Pontypool. Um but it's super hard to find, which was crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't find it. Um, but it but it is out there and it's like a it's a similar uh movie and it, yeah, it, it's Bill Mosley in the as the radio guy instead of um the guy from Pontypool. So they they pick somebody who looks almost just like the same guy. And it, like like it, you 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 can tell that this someone was really trying to find make a different version of Pontypool. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, in, when I was digging for Pontypool to kind of look into it again, it, it turns out there is a spinoff that has come out since our last discussion, um, of Pontypool. And there's a sequel, uh, that's going to be coming out. I guess, I don't really remember this, but I guess at the end of the first one, there is this moment of, uh, you know, looking at the past. So there's like a, like a flashback or whatever, and I guess the spinoff takes that and runs with it. And then the sequel is going to be like a direct follow-up. And that one's currently in production. So um, kind of a good time to revisit the first one, I guess, because in the coming year or two, we're going to have another one to discuss. So uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first one. And the second donation comes from a uh, longtime listener, Molly, uh, who said Ryan's choice. So... Um, I have not made that choice, but Lou and I, uh, previous to our Extra Life discussions, had come up with a couple of films that we might that that have been on our wish list for a while, including um, the follow-up to Train to Busan, uh, Peninsula, or One Cut of the Dead. Uh, but Lou, not to basically take away from your uh, from this next bit here, but uh, to encourage people to donate, I thought. We'd bring it back this year again. Lou, do you have a zombie movie recommendation for the listeners for when they donate? Uh, <laughs> you're surprising me with this, but I have a movie list right here. Give me one moment. I mean, you say I was surprising you, but it isn't. It's it's right there in the notes. But yes. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we could watch Dead Alive or Black Sheep or Slither. I don't think we've ever covered Slither. Ooh. Um, there's also... Uh, the Italian film Demons. We could also do John Carpenter, and we could watch Prince of Darkness, wow. or we could, or we could watch Mayhem, which is uh, sort of a zombie movie in a building where people go mad and kill each other and use the zombie disease as an excuse. Oh, well, you know, um, we're we're gonna do this again uh, right up until the end of the year because that's when donations close is December thirty first. But there is a whole host of films. 
uh, that Lou just threw out there. So if you're looking for donation suggestions, um, there's a good list. So uh, as we said at the top of the show, 25 bucks for one zombie movie suggestion, 50 for three. And you can do that at bit.ly slash extra life, Ryan. And with that, let us get into the news. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, uh, you may be aware of this, but The Walking Dead has returned. Its final season started part three just uh, last week um, uh, with two episodes on AMC. Plus. Uh, one episode, if you subscribe on cable, um, they're punishing you for that. Uh, or if you buy, I think even if you buy the season, you're only, you're getting it alongside the, the cable release. Um, but I thought we'd uh, tease those discussions with this article here. Uh, Lou, how do you feel about smart zombies? I feel like it's an, it's an evolution of the genre that's always on the verge of coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's, uh, it's happening. Uh, smart zombies. Uh, it, it seems here. So walking dead, new smart zombies leverage season one mistakes is the article here we're discussing. And essentially you saw this in the part three trailer, um, from comic-con this year where character Aaron is talking of, um, walkers that are, you know, exhibiting some intelligence, opening doors, climbing walls. And we haven't seen that type of behavior from, walker-esque uh uh characters since i I would say well um from uh, the whispers you know that was yeah that was when they started to hint at it but it was clear it was the whispers it wasn't like smart zombies but but now supposedly we're looking at smart zombies uh happening in this final part of the walking dead and um it seems as though where this mistake comes from they got to line up all these things so that they can do spinoff series. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that, that was one of the news articles that I don't have in here, but there was a trailer uh, out there from AMC highlighting all of the, um, all the spinoffs that are coming out. And I think uh, I'll try to pull it up here, but um, I think the big news was basically they named, uh, they renamed Negan and, Dare or no Negan and Maggie's spinoff uh, to be uh, Dead City. So Walking Dead, Dead City. It was formerly titled Isle of the Dead. Now it's called Dead City. Um, and it's same premise: uh, Negan and Maggie um, um, trying to escape New York City. So uh, we'll see that. But the the other spinoff series that they announced was Daryl Dixon, and that's what it's called. It's just called Daryl Dixon. Getting some real. Um, x-men origins vibes from from that type of naming <laughs> you know um they, they get they, they, yeah they're um they're, they're running out of ideas over there at amc yeah yeah well that one is confirmed to be you know daryl dixon in paris france so probably picking up from that little uh speaking of smart zombies that drop from um or not smart zombies that was fast zombies uh from the end of world beyond i know we don't like to bring that up uh, on the show we went through those two years and we were very strong um but uh it seems like that's where that's gonna pick up um and then uh rick and michonne uh was the next series so three spinoffs three titles 
uh, all premiering in 2023, I believe, is the plan. So lots to look forward to, uh, including smart zombies. Um, hey, I'll take I'll take a more I'll take more zombie content that's not regular Walking Dead. I mean, our topic tonight is about something I quite enjoyed, and I hope gets a second season. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, and I I mean the whole part uh, point of the article, the uh, you know I know we, we got off topic a little bit with the spinoff trailer, uh, but essentially the idea was in season one episode two. There's a department store scene, and uh, there is a zombie that's using a rock to kind of smash a window. Uh, and I guess that was a call that was basically a, a direct reference to Night of the Living Dead, and that's why they included it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I I don't know if I would consider that a mistake. That sounds like more of like a homage uh, that happened, and they're maybe this maybe this article's reaching, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was a fun. Uh, a fun little note. Um, what, uh, what, uh, look, I'm really looking forward to talking about this. Uh, this happened since we last recorded, but the last of us has its first full trailer, uh, from HBO. This, I gotta, I'm going to start things off and just basically say like this trailer, I just rewatched it before we recorded completely, um, convinced me that this series is going to be awesome i think they did such a great job with the trailer everything in this trailer like i mean it feels like the last of us and it feels like they're telling a similar story to the last of us but feels like its own take on that story you know if if that makes it uh, mm. obviously if the, you know that's what it is but it it kind of it just feels so well done that's the vibe I'm getting that this, they've done such a great job adapting this beloved. Yeah, no, I series. mean, I've been the first big person saying poo pooing on this and saying that I don't that I, like I've played the game. I don't need to see the show, but they showed me enough here that's different and, and, and the same that I'm interested. I'm willing to give it a shot. And I and the production value is far and above what I was expecting from the show. Yes. Um the you're right the production value is amazing like they've they've obviously pumped a lot of money into this i mean we've talked about our qualms with netflix and that's why i'm really glad this is being done by hbo i don't think you could have another i think the only other premium service television service that could handle this is at this stage would would be would be amazon right like amazon seems to be caring very much about providing the proper budget for the right kind of, I have not seen, you know, the new Lord of the Rings series yet. Um, but I hear really good things and from the trailers and stuff, it looks like they've pumped, you know, a, a lot of money into it. Uh, but it seems here like with HBO, like they've, they've given it the right budget. They've given it the right attention. All the casting is fantastic. Um, I don't know if you watched um, Yellow Jackets, uh, a pretty big series from last year that that had a huge following. Uh, one of the actors, um, the actresses from from one of the main actresses from that one, is playing a new character, and she shows up briefly in this trailer. And I saw I saw her there, and I was like, oh my god! Yeah, they've like again, like they're doing their own thing. I've, and I've looked into it a bit more and it sounds like they're filling in. There's a bit of a gap in the first game where, um, they kind of like, uh, 
you know, oh, they're traveling across the country and a lot of bad stuff happens. And then there's like a good chunk of the country where like we don't see what happens, but we assume they made it through safely. Yeah. that And the other thing, too, that happens in the game is you only take place in certain areas. Like there's a, at one point you end up in a small town or city that where you get these hijackers and it's like a whole game, but there really isn't a story. It's more like you're trying to get away from like these highway bandits. Yeah. And you kill a bunch of dudes and then you move on. And that's really going to make for really boring television. So I'm guessing they did. They're going to do away with stuff like that and kind of fill it in. And I'm okay with that. Actually, I think that's what the story needs. I think that is enough motivation to get me to watch the show. Yeah. Because if they were doing an they were doing an exact one to one of the game. I would tune this out immediately. I'd be like, yeah, been there, done that, seen it. Yeah. Um, have you, you know, I know we've talked about this before and I, I correct me if, um, you know, forgive me for asking again, but did you watch Chernobyl, the last big project nope. from nope. this guy? Nope. Nope. You should. It's, uh, it's really good. Um, it's, uh, it's really good. And, um, it's the last, uh, project that came from this, uh, Craig, uh, Mazin uh person who who is working on the last of us um it's really good and would it print it's the reason i've been sold on the last of us since it was first announced because i'm like okay that was a great television series and uh if you have that guy working with directly with the creators of the last of us i think you've got a really good set up here um but this trailer i think it it really nails it and and as lou said like it sounds like they're taking the very gameplay heavy segments and they're going to, you know, adapt them, but make them, um, you know, provide more of a story to it and, re- you know, reduce the amount of like running and, and, and gunning. Um, but then also expanding upon like some of the quieter sections of the game where like there is that fade to black and then um, the game comes back and it's like, Hey uh, yeah, we, we traveled this, this many miles and nothing happened. You didn't see what happened because for a video game, we couldn't, we couldn't think of to put anything in there. It's a long game to begin with, but there is that stretch there. For an action game. It is long. It took me probably three nights to beat it, which for a game like that, I can usually do it in like one or two, but that, that it is a severely long game. Yeah. It's um so I mean yeah I'm looking forward to this. They say early 2023. Um I would imagine January, yeah, uh, February, March probably feels like a a strong um likelihood for this being available. Uh you know your you'll House of the Dragon will be done by then. Uh, they'll need another premiere series to sort of push uh HBO Max. So um there you go. Uh The Last of Us available early 2023 HBO Max and HBO uh, in the States, uh, Crave in Canada for our Canadian listeners. That's where we get HBO stuff. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about it here for sure. hundred percent. And, uh, man, if it's good, we might, we might have to just like cover it week to week. Really? I was going to say, let's wait till it's all out and then cover it all in one go. Cause I don't think it's going to be that many episodes. I think it's only eight episodes. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. If, um, yeah, yeah I'll be watching it week to week, but yeah, we'll, uh, We'll definitely see. I don't know how many episodes. I think you're right. I think it's a smaller. Um, Pardon me, listeners. I'm a cheapskate. I only want to pay for HBO Max for one month. <laughs> okay, man. No, there's nothing wrong with maximizing your subscription. That is the smart consumer move. So I will support that decision 100%. Uh, 
So uh, there you go. Um, that's the news. And next, we're going to move into uh, a TV show discussion. Lou, Tales of the Walking Dead. I always, I always want to say Tales from the Walking Dead, but it's Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, we watched the entirety of the first season, which consists of six episodes. It premiered um, mid-August. I know we're a bit behind. It's been done for a while, but uh, we did finally watch it. And I figure that, you know, since there's only six episodes, really the best way to discuss this is do you want to do like well yeah let's do let's do an order let's do an order and then we can do like overall thoughts uh at the end in terms of the concept of of the series but essentially the idea here is like it's an it's an an anthology let me get that out there right it's an anthology television series based within the walking dead universe so the stories here take place in the same universe of rick grimes and and um you know, Michonne and, and Negan and all that. So they're all in the same universe. Um, there's even a direct nod to the main Walking Dead uh, series with a specific character, which we'll get to. But um, these are all six standalone stories. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the first one um, is uh, you've got Terry Crews and Olivia Munn on a road trip is essentially the setup here. Um, looking at preppers, uh, their, you know, doomsday preparation folks, uh, you know, building the best bunkers you could ever have. Cause, uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So Terry Cruz is locked up in a bunker. Uh, he's been there for, for months. He's gone. Stir- he's get going a little stir crazy and he decides to leave the safety of his house and go on a road trip to meet somebody he used to know online. that was a prepper too. And my immediate thought when all of this was going on is, oh, I know exactly where this is going. And I will admit, this entire story went exactly in the direction I thought it was going to go. But it was so entertaining and so well written compared to most of, of the other Walking Dead content. I was willing to forgive how, how by the numbers, this episode was. Um Terry Crews and Olivia Munn's interactions with each other, you can tell that they probably had chemistry on set and that it wasn't just two actors acting. You can tell they probably liked each other on set and were friendly and it wasn't just a, just a job. Um, when, when she's looking for her husband and she wants to find her husband because he was a painter and he painted people and he painted them the way he saw them or the way he thought they saw themselves – and she wants to find out if her husband hated her. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, that's kind of an interesting story. I don't think she's going to find her husband alive. And lo and behold, she doesn't. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole point. We're, we're definitely going to spoil these. Um, yeah, no, you're right. Like, I think uh, it's definitely a, an episode that is pretty predictable in that, yes, of course, both these characters um, that are forced to go on a road trip together because essentially uh joe terry cruz is character um is kind of he he comes across evie which is olivia munn and then evie kind of like 
you know, forces Joe to take her on this road trip. Um, yeah. Basically at gunpoint. And yeah, Joe is trying to find his online friend and uh, Evie is trying to find her husband. And you can kind of like at the very start, it's like, oh, they hate each other. They hate each other. They start to like each other. There's a falling out um, when they, you know, they lose the bike and they discover the gun was never loaded. And um, I, I did like that moment where yeah, Ter- Joe is like, the gun wasn't loaded. And she's and she's like, what did you did you really think I would have a loaded gun? Like she was uh, she was she was kind of like a pacifist a little bit like she. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. She wouldn't have had. She's like, really? Like she, she didn't have a problem killing zombies, but real people f- made her like kind of afraid. I was like, yeah, OK. Yeah. And um, and then, of course, you know, when when these two characters split off and they go in their separate ways to find the folks they were looking for. um, uh, Yeah. As you said, Evie did. I can't remember. Did she find her husband had passed? Yeah, she yeah, she found that he was dead and she found his pile of paintings and she looked through them to look to see what the painting looked like. And he had not made her a monster like he did other people. Yeah. So he still loved her and, and, um, well, Joe's character, he finds his, <laughs> he finds his, uh, his, his online girlfriend and she turns out to have gone, uh, crazy in her, in her bunker. She has a really sweet bunker set up. Like, you know, uh, it was, yeah, she explains that men broke into the bunker and tried to take advantage of her and no man was ever going to do that again. And so it's implied she lures men there and then she kills them. Yeah. So she's gone insane and uh, she's she's now a serial killer. And, um, you know, it's it, it's a it's not did the, the episode does not take itself seriously by any means. No. And, and the thing I have to say that impressed me the most is there really is only like four characters, maybe five in the entire episode. And they tell an entire really enticing story with like just four characters stretched out of a, over a 45 minute episode. I was impressed with how well the story was done because I was expecting to kind of be bored with it. Yeah. Uh, with just a couple of characters. That was kind of the thing I was a little worried about with all of these episodes is that they have such a small cast. I was worried that the stories wouldn't be as good. Yeah. I, my favorite part about this whole format is that they get to experiment and tell these stories that would normally be considered, you know, bottle episodes uh, in in The Walking Dead Prime or or any other main series, and they don't often venture into these type of stories uh, or experimentations uh, in the main series. Uh, I wish they did more. I mean, those some of our more favorite episodes, but this next one called Blair Gina, um, this is the most unique, fun. Uh, experience of a walking dead episode that I've ever seen. This is, this is the episode to point to of like renew tales of the walking dead, because this episode is just so fun. This episode was very hit or miss. Some people really liked it. Some people hated it. I absolutely love this episode just because of how weird it was. Mm-hmm. And I think in a world where we have zombies walking around, throwing a weird sci-fi story like this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially these, uh, right, you know, off the top of the episode, it seems like one character is stuck in a time loop, but it turns out the, the boss and the secretary at this company are, are caught in a, in a time loop. And every time they die, 
they go back to the office and essentially at the moment at, at which the uh, the zombie apocalypse is kicking off. Yeah, they, yeah. The the premise the premise is is they work for an insurance company, and uh, the boss is really kind of a monster, and she does she's very down on all of her employees. She's going away for a long weekend, and she's leaving all of the employees to like man the phones and tells them too bad that there's a there's such a situation going on. Just be grateful you have a job is kind of like her attitude, and she's very demanding. She's not nice. And then when she gets to the gas station, she sees the other the other lady that she's been mean to the whole first half of the first few minutes of the episode. And all of a sudden, the zombie apocalypse happens. That lady pulls out a shotgun, starts killing stuff, steals a tanker truck and drives off into the sunset. And then something happens and you're never quite clear what exactly happens. It's implied the truck blew up or something blew up and then time resets. And you're like, uh, what did I just watch? That was weird. And then it happens again. And it happens again, and it happens to the point where the two end up bonding. And I, I, I couldn't help but like every minute of the episode. The bossy lady begins to realize how dumb, mean she's been, and how, how, you know, like, wow, I shouldn't have been that crappy of a person. And in the meantime, the other lady realizes maybe I should have been a little more bossy. And like, they kind of borrow from each other, and they bond, and it's it's kind of entertaining. You, you're, 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 when the time loop finally breaks for them, I was sad because I was like, oh, the time loop. And every time you think they're going to break the time loop, something else happens that forces the time loop to reset. Yeah. Like at one point, um, one of them gets bit and eats the other one. And the re- exact words from the other one, like later in the episode is, so what did I taste like? <laughs> she's like, I wish I could remember. Yeah. It, it like, it's. It's it's probably the one episode out of all of these that um, is being is a story being told within the Walking Dead universe, but probably didn't happen uh, like it's being showcased. It's weird. And I think that's what I liked about it is it was so different. And when the loop is finally broken and the two of them, they end up you you end up realizing like they save a bunch of people with their tanker truck uh, or that's the way it's implied is they save a bunch of people with their tanker truck. And when they're trying to figure out why the time loop is now broken, the other one of them just suggests they did the thing that they were supposed to do. And the other one suggests that what it is, is they were they were both experiencing a a delusion and that uh, and that none of it ever happened. They They were having a shared delusion. And it's up to you as the viewer to decide which it was. And I like to think it's destiny that they were supposed to save those people. And. And that the time loop was being it was being re- reset, and I like to think they saved somebody like Glenn. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a really it's one of the best episodes. Um, and I and I think if they it's look the funniest, it it is the funniest. And and if they look at this season and you know to determine what worked, what didn't, I think that episode is the one of like okay, we need to do at least one more in this similar uh vain like funny quirky have fun with it you know it does not need to be um let's say a uh origin story for a character that uh, we we probably didn't need to go back to which is the next episode called d uh which focuses on the um pre-alpha days for uh our head whisperer and kind of tells a story of um 
Dee and her daughter Lydia uh, on a steamboat community and how, you know, she, so I, I don't want to spend too much on, on this one. Cause I, I feel like you and I both said we weren't going to like this one and it was true. Yeah. I, I didn't watch the whole one. I started it. And then when it started to go exactly in the direction I thought it was, I was like, yeah, I can skip this. Yeah. And I think this is where they need to be careful with tales of the walking dead. And I'm glad they only did it with one episode to kind of, again, test the waters of like how people will react to this. But this is essentially like, well, what if we take a character that we, and I know they really liked working with Samantha Morton who played alpha. And I, I get that idea of like, well, let's bring her back in. We love working with her. She loved working with us. She was great as alpha, but you know, the whispers weren't too long ago. It was a stretched out season also stretched out by the pandemic as well in terms of like um, there was that whole finale uh, I situation. Think, I definitely think this was the weakest of the whole season. Yeah, it it is. I mean, if you look again, like I think it just, it also suffers from the fact that you're, you're, you're going back to characters that we've already experienced and it's not, doesn't feel fresh like the other episodes. I think if it was a character that was still alive, it might feel fresh. But when you go back and tell the story of a character that's already dead on the show, I feel like I don't care at that point. Yeah. Um, and again, they're not they're not really exploring anything new about Alpha. We we knew she was she would do anything to protect her daughter. They they established that even with the flashbacks we got in the main Walking Dead. Um, we knew that uh yeah, like essentially that's it. Like, and that's basically the episode is that uh D will do anything to protect her daughter. She's ruthless. She punishes those that uh, you know that don't protect her daughter. Um, and it and it and it quickly it weirdly turns in the last like five minutes of the episode to be like, oh, and then and then she met the whispers, and then she killed the lead whisper, and then the lead whisper became her Walker mask, and that's how Alpha got her mask. And like it was very like. It, you didn't need to have that part. Like, I think it, the yep. episode could have ended with her, the whispers coming and kind of essentially being like, oh, that's the whispers. And that's how she met the whispers. And you didn't need to be like, but then that leader lady that, that said hi in that scene, guess what? You know, Alpha killed her and that's where she got her mask. And it's like, ah, you know what? We didn't like you went, you just kept going. Like, I, I think yeah. you had like 45 minutes of, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, pre-alpha D and then the last five minutes, like, well, we need to like, we need to bring the alpha character back in here. And it was just, it felt forced, but, um, yeah, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be a hundred percent. And, um, they did, they literally did what we were worried they were going to do. And, uh, but this next one, I mean, speaking of unique episodes, this next one was very unique and it was probably, um, my second favorite one, and this one is uh, Amy slash Dr. Everett. I did not like this. I liked this one. I did not like it as much as you did, um, only because I found Amy's character annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I can see that for sure. Um, I think what I really liked was the main uh, character. The setup of the episode would um, you would notice it. A lot like whenever the main character, uh, Dr. Everett, was kind of um, from his perspective, it would sometimes shift into this like nature documentarian type yeah. setup with like 
a lot of drone shots, a lot of voiceover, and it and it kind of fit with the character because the character used a drone for for his um, research and such. And it's set within this like region. Uh, it's it's in the area of the Wiregrass region, which I guess is a real place. I'm just I'm just discovering this now as I'm reading through Wikipedia. Uh, in the southern United States, uh, encompassing parts of southern Georgia, southeastern Alabama, and the Florida Panhandle, and it's basically within the show. It's this region that has this like giant chasm surrounding it that basically protects it as a a nature preserve. Um, yep. And there's no there's to be no humans within that region outside of these um, these scientists. But for some reason, and they don't get into it much, but for some reason, there's these scavengers that humans, these scavengers that come into the region and will you know, decapitate zombies, and they call them skull hunters. Or they, they, sc- they, yeah, they, they 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 use the skulls of the dead, like uh, sort of like the implication is is they trade them and yeah. they use them kind of like a currency. So the more zombies you kill, the the more currency you have. And he finds the it finds it barbaric because he still views the zombies as people. Yeah, because and and there and it's because he's also studying. He calls them the Homo Mortis, and he's still studying them. Um, he he has one called Specimen Twenty One that he seems to be uh, is his top researcher, and it turns out that it was his his past friend um, who trained him for the job. Yeah. And was dying of cancer. Uh, And I guess he, he basically said his, his dying wish was, you know, um, and this is sort of the one we talked earlier about the concept of smart zombies. This is the first one where it's implied that there might be smart zombies because he talks about specimen 21, like leading herds in different directions or showing them to avoid, uh, like traps and stuff or things like that. He implies like they may not be as dumb as we think they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you are right. There is some, um, there's some weirdness uh, with the other character, Amy, her, um, her group wants to come into the area because they're looking for someplace safe and they think it's safe. And he basically tells her like, there isn't a lot of zombies here, but there are zombies here. And also, there's lots of wildlife here, which is going to make it very dangerous for you. This really isn't a place you should settle because... And then he shows some of the things that are, like, running around. And there's, like, lions and tigers and other things that have somehow ended up in this wildlife preserve. And he's like, it's really dangerous. You really don't want to be here. And the only reason he's safe is because he's living in a treehouse. Yeah. And he's monitoring the herd and, and he's got like yeah. basically the path down, but he, he, he tries to warn Amy, but Amy goes off and, and to warn her friends, but it, you later discover that they all he, turned. He even offers her a job and is like, listen, like, like leave your friends, come work for me. We can document all this stuff together. I can teach you things. And the implication to me was, is that like, in other words, he, not that she can't go back to other civilization, but maybe you can take what you've learned from me and go share it with others kind of thing. But like, after you've spent some time with me and he goes like, in other words, and someday like somebody else has to document all this crap too. And she's like, no, cause you're, you're not people. You're not in with people and you're, you're, you're like, like, she just kind of berates him. And I'm like, well, I can understand where they're both coming from. He's being a stick in the mud. He should be helping people 
but also, uh, you know, she could be more, uh, she could be more tactful in the way she's approaching things. She's just kind of loud. And the more she talked, the less I liked her. And, and, and again, I, I, I called it at the beginning of the episode when I watched and I realized that she was, he was going to eventually help her. I'm like, yep, she's going to die before this episode is over. And lo and behold, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next, uh, the next episode is called, uh, Devon. Um, and it, it's another different one. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those classic tales of, um, amnesia, <laughs> temporary amnesia, as this character has no idea what's going on and is slowly understanding, uh, what's happening. And, um, this one's set in a small town in Maine. Yeah, this the, the description on IMD on uh, Wikipedia does not tell you the name of the town, but they say the name of the town is Madawaska, which is a real town. The history that they talk about in the show is real. Um, I looked it up because Madawaska is a joke here in Maine. Uh, it is on the Canadian border and it is like nowhere's land up in Maine. And Often when we hear weather reports, they'll tell us what the weather was like in Madawaska, and it's kind of a joke because there's not that many people there. Um, the town eat that they're talking about does only have a population of about 7,000, I mean 3,000. Mm. Yeah, and they are um, descendants of uh, France, uh, France uh, they settlers? Are, they, they are uh, French settlers, and uh, when we drew the lines for the United States, and we were feuding with, I believe, the French Canadians, the French over borders. Uh, their town was one of the casualties that stayed on our side. So they do speak French there and not English as a primary language. And they do primarily deal with uh, the French Canadians. It is only like two hours from like Quebec City, I think, or something like that, or an hour and a half from Quebec City. Yeah, and... Um... Yeah, and and in the in the episode, I think the main character who is played uh, by the same actor, uh, he's from um, the boys. He's he's the the speedy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't remember. I knew name. I recognized him, but I couldn't place where. Yeah, so he's from the boys, and for some reason, uh, I can't remember the guy's uh, the the character's name. But you you know the fast one. He's the Flash sort of. Uh, uh, type character, but yeah, Madawaska, Maine. Um, it's it's uh, what is it? Uh, it's opposite. I guess it's near near New Brunswick. Um, yeah, it's straight north on Maine. It's like the most northern point in Maine, I think, or close to it. Yeah. Oh, beside the Saint John River in the Canada United States border. Well, it's really interesting because the main character he. So he knows a bit of French um, and he and he, he is having these conversations with these characters who are speaking French. And, and the reason he knows French is he has a friend in Montreal that he's going to see. So, Lou, this is the closest thing we've gotten to Canada, Canada. I mean, I, yeah, no, I appreciate I, I, that it. Was but... kind of, that was kind of the thing that excited me when this episode started. It was like, it's in Maine. Nothing ever takes place in Maine unless it's by <laughs> Stephen King. Well, there you go. And, and so I was excited. And, and and I'm not a huge fan of amnesia stories. I think they handled that aspect of the story very well. Um, this was not again. I liked this episode, not my favorite. Um, it, it was it was enjoyable, but I kind of saw where they were going. I was like, 
clearly he is not the bad guy. Yeah. We would not be telling the episode from his perspective if he is the bad guy. He is going to reveal to them that he is the bad guy. And the thing with me to me was is the episode lost me when it started to feel kind of preachy. He immediately starts talking about like we don't kill people, we shouldn't murder people. There needs to be civilization, and, and civilization doesn't murder people, doesn't murder people. We don't murder people. We don't murder people. Like, it's kind, they kind of beat you over the head with it. And then when the tables are turned and they catch the bad guy, the real bad guy, he makes the whole thing about, like, but we still shouldn't murder them because murder is bad. And then he walks off, like, ashamed of, like, like what they're going to do to the, the real killer that they thought he was. And I was like, dude, there's no government anymore. I know you. I know you mean well, dude. But like, at least it's not you. You could sleep sleep tonight. This guy has killed a bunch of people, and you were almost on the chopping block because of him. I really wouldn't feel bad for the fact that the town wants to kill him. Uh, yeah, like the so the and I and I looked it up. So he plays a train in the boys. Um, yeah. that that is his character there. Uh, uh the actor's name is uh, Jesse T. Usher, and as. Like the main idea for the episode was it turns out the the whole twist was it was um the brother the the kid brother that was killing these kids with his mom because his mom had basically said like well this is no way for kids to to live or to grow up in a world like this like with you know in the walking dead like yeah. I, I it kind of lost me there and then it's like oh so so he ends up in the town because he's trying to get to Canada yeah. And he's in like a helicopter crash or a small plane that crashes and they rescue him and they nurse him back to health. And he kind of becomes an outsider, but he's kind of part of their community. Like he's helping them. He's getting to know a bunch of them. One of the characters is starting to kind of have a thing for him and it's implied he may not be leaving. And that's, this is all you, all the things you find out from the flashback, but the episode begins with him being like hunted and he's been in some kind of accident where he bumped his head, and now he's kind of put having to put the pieces together. And the more he fa- wanders around town, the more you find out. And they want to draw and quarter him and kill him because they think he has something to do with their missing children. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to know where the missing children are. And then slowly as the episode unfolds, you put the pieces together. Who the missing children, who is taking the missing children? Honestly, I had a funny feeling it was going to be one of the people that I, that ended up being. I just didn't know specifically which one it would be. And then when it was revealed that the the main character, the character that was killing kids or taking kids, was the character it was, I was like, yeah, this gets because this person is twisted. And it's revealed that one of the characters that you were supposed to kind of like, not necessarily like, but have some sympathy with you were supposed to realize she was helping him because it was her son and she didn't want him to, she didn't want him to be judged for what he was doing. So she was protecting him. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, um, it was like, again, like, uh, I think where this episode struggles is it like it, it latches itself to the amnesia sort of, um, like it, it, I felt like the amnesia holds itself right up until like the last maybe five, 10 minutes of the episode. And I feel like it could have totally uh, undone the amnesia bit, literally, like the last, like, done it like halfway through the episode, because the amnesia bit didn't really tell you anything after the halfway point. You still didn't know who the bad guy was, but it was clear it wasn't him. Yeah. 
And yeah. so the, the amnesia sticking around, he could have been like, it's not me. I'm telling you, it's not me. And tried to explain himself to them, but instead they dragged out the mystery uh, a little too long for my, my convenience. It wasn't a bad episode. I love the fact it took place in Maine. Um, uh, the town it takes place in looks nothing like where they filmed it, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it is what it is. You got your main episode. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it, 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 it wasn't an awful episode. It was, it had its potential and I, and I quite enjoyed it. Um, I would love to see walking dead. Even if it doesn't bring back these characters, I would love to see a show that takes place in a place like this. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think tales of the walking dead really, um, allows you to set up stories like this and explore different corners of the world. And, and I, again, like tales of the walking dead really doesn't get out of America still. Um, it's it's very although uh i can't remember i don't know where the last episode took place i think it was all everything was still in america um but yeah that well i mean let, let's get into the last episode here this was my least favorite uh yeah i think this is another one similar to the second episode that you could love it or the hate third it episode. um yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, the concept i think essentially is that it's a it's a haunted house story, right? It's a haunted house story, and I, I'm I, I'm going to look it up before I say it because I don't want to screw it up. But there is a a bunch of there were two movies that came out around the same time that are Mexican folklore. Um, uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw them up, but it's like it's like the white woman basically is what it translates to in 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 English, I believe. But I can't remember the exact titles of the movie. But um, the both of them have a very similar story uh, to this episode where somebody betrays some old lady or kills her daughter or something along those lines. And the, 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 the spirit of the, the lady comes back as like a white ghost that haunts them and ruins them until they kill themselves or something bad happens to them. And, and that was basically this episode. I didn't think that the idea I thought the idea of telling a ghost story in The Walking Dead was awesome. But the fact that they stole it from a movie that's a ripoff of a movie that's a ripoff of another movie that was like another movie that's done this before and all of them have done it better than the AMC was going to do. It felt like, oh, oh, like I knew exactly when they went to the old lady's house. I knew exactly what this episode was going to entail. And there was nothing it did that surprised me. The thing that bothered me the most is this feels like the most poorly edited of the whole show. Oh, okay. See, I um, maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention, but it didn't feel as though the editing was jumping out to me. Um, okay. But yeah, you have ex- you all have examples. I know you. Do. I know. I, I, I have ex- ex- direct examples. So when the episode begins, it's her and the guy in the woods, and they've just killed some walkers or that's the implication is that they've just killed some walkers. And she tells him a story about a lady that lives nearby an elderly woman that doesn't like locals. But if she's still alive, they might have a place to stay for the night or at least somebody that can point them in the right direction. And that's how the episode begins. And then as the episode unfolds, they start talking about their friends and she talks about it. Like we as viewers should already know who these people are. Right. And then it's revealed later that those walkers that they killed might have been their friends 
that they may have betrayed already and killed them and that they were killing the walkers of the people that, that, that the people they had killed turned into. And you're like, oh, okay. But that would have been important for me to know in the beginning. Yeah. Instead, you kind of like you jump back and you tell me that in the last 10 minutes of the episode, not in the beginning of the episode where it would have helped me understand most of what was going on. And then in turn, there's another moment in the middle where so they go to this house, they meet the old lady and the guy gets really mad because the old lady tells them they can only spend one night and then they got to leave. And he's trying to explain that they could stay. They could help. She's got chickens. She's got animals. She's got all these things. Like, why don't you let us stay on for the season till winter? Winter's over. We can help you. And, you know, we can I can chop wood. We can do this. And she's like, no, you get one night. And he loses his temper and accidentally kills her. It's not intentional. Yeah. And next thing you know, he instead of them just spending the night and leaving or staying there, he decides, no, if she's dead, then we're going to take her bedroom. And like, he's just a jerk about it. And you don't like him. From the moment you meet him, there's absolutely nothing likable about his him as a character. And that, and I was like, okay, I get it. Um, but at one point, the 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 female character ends up out in the woods, and this mist fog happens, and she sees ghosts and spirits or whatever. And then she goes back in the house, and then her and the boyfriend get into it. They get into an argument, and this, that, and the other thing. And then they cut for like a commercial break. And when the commercial break resumes, she's outside again in the fog. And then she comes back in and has a conversation with the guy. Like they didn't just have this, have a conversation about something very similar, like 10 minutes earlier before the commercial break. And I was like, this feels like these scenes were shot out of order or something was wrong. I was like, did I miss something? I actually rewound the episode and rewatched it to see if I missed something. And it, I didn't. It's exactly the way I'm explaining. They literally, she goes in the house, she has an argument with the guy, the commercial break thing happens, and when it cuts back, she's back outside again, killing zombies. And she comes back in the house and has a conversation with him. Like, they didn't just have a conversation, like, before the commercial break. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? Like, it was so disjointed that I was like, and I was like, maybe was he supposed to be arguing with a ghost in the house? Because if that's what the if that's what the implication was, they didn't do a very good job of implying she wasn't real. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that make uh, so w- I watched it. Um, I, I know you you and I both watched it without commercials because we watched it on AMC Plus. But um, it, it's tough that that scene you're talking about. It sounds like and. I think it maybe maybe I just like wait, hand waved it away because I was just I was you know passively watching this episode because it it wasn't one of my favorites. I mean, it it all boils down to they're hallucinating. Uh, the whole episode is them hallucinating. Like you can either believe the house is haunted or these two characters are are basically um, slowly uh, going crazy as their past trauma um, catches up with them and and they're being you know haunted by their you know, past mistakes, these, these, these friends that have died or that they've killed. Um, and, and they, and they obviously feel guilty for, for taking this house. I thought like the beginning of the episode of, of the main character, like killing the owner of the home was like, wow, that was, um, that was like out of nowhere. Like I think, uh, it, it felt very 
rushed, uh, especially as you said, like when you don't know the background of these characters, like maybe they are both, you know, um, maybe they have had a, a rough past and they've, they've killed a lot of, a lot of people. You do get the sense by the end of the episode that these two have made a lot of mistakes. Like they, they kind of blame each other for what's happened. And, and essentially you see that play out on screen as they, um, essentially kill each other. Uh, you know, as they, yeah, they essentially they kill each other, and unfortunately, they, they it does the thing that always takes me out of movies and TV shows. And I think I've complained about this in other th- things we've watched. I know I've complained about it in The Walking Dead, but when nobody's likable and I have nobody to root for, even if everybody's gonna die at the end, I gotta have somebody that I at least have some kind of admiration for. And I thought that was going to be our female lead in this episode but then as the episode unfolds you find out that she might just be as bad as he is and just she can she she's lying to herself about it and you're like oh okay so these two are gonna die before this episode's over and i'm really not gonna care that they died yeah and again so I love the idea of telling a ghost story in The Walking Dead. I think that's awesome. I think regular Walking Dead did that excellent, or it might have been Fear, where there's an episode where they, no, I think it was regular Walking Dead, where they end up in a house full of uh, somebody that's alive, that that's like a cannibal or running around inside the walls of a house. I can't remember if it's regular Walking Dead. It is, Dead. yeah. It's regular Walking okay. Dead, and it's the episode... Um... It's with uh, the guy who is living on the island, and he saves somebody. He ends up it's the deaf girl that's running around helping. Right, and it's, yes, it's, it's her, and it's her and somebody else. I can't remember who it is that's with her. Yeah, no, I'm uh, now I can't and, remember. And I think that that was an excellent episode. And I think I remember saying that when we watched it that I want more of that. So I was kind of excited when this happened that we were going to get something new. But it was so derivative and none of the characters were likable. And I kind of, knowing the, the legend that this is stealing from, almost always does it end with the, per, the, the the bad people getting it in the end. I was like, once it was clear that they were, quote unquote, bad people, I was like, oh, they're going to die. Yeah. Like, this isn't spooky to me. I know this. I know where this is going. And so it was, and, and it was, so, and it was, and I, and, and it, it is what it is, but again, this was my least favorite. I would rather watch the Alpha episode than watch this one again. It, it, the, the, it, like I said, I, I understood what they were trying to do with this episode. It's just I couldn't tell if he was arguing with the ghost that was supposed to be there or if he was talking to her. The implication I saw, saw after watching the scene twice was she was really in that room with him arguing with him about something stupid. And then they cut like there was a commercial break where the screen goes black and then it cuts back to her outside in the woods like she didn't come in the house. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not one of the stronger episodes of the season. Uh, compared to the five episodes we got before this, this one felt amateurish. Cause, cause, cause even with my complaints with the, with the episode with the, the doctor in the woods or the things that took me out of it with the guy in Maine, I, in, I, I sat through those episodes and I didn't spend the episode going, Ugh. I spent the episode going like, Oh, that was a neat idea. I see where this is going. Okay. Kind of cool. Like, like I, I did, I enjoyed my time with every other episode, except maybe the, the alpha episode that was just kind of like, I'm uh, the, yeah, but I didn't hate it. I just went, okay, yeah, this didn't need to be told to me. Like, that was my takeaway from that episode. Is that if I didn't get that episode, it, it, I wouldn't have lost sleep, but I get what they, why they did it. This one, I was like, this one felt like 
they needed to come up with the sixth episode and they knew that the viewership was going to start toning out by this point, by the time they got the six. So they put the lat the weakest for last. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, yeah, I can agree. I can agree with that. I, I really felt like they were, um, this one, this one felt like, well, let's, uh, let's do a story that kind of like pays homage to the films you were describing. And I, th- I think that's their angle. They were going for like telling a haunted house type story, uh, within the universe and and I think you're right like there is a lot that they can do there and um I, I think they kind of fumbled this one a little bit and uh you're right it all comes down to there was just the only like I think there was there was really no likable characters after the first 10 minutes um they just kind of they they kill off the homeowner uh they kill off the parrot um you know it's just it's it's hard to it's hard to love this one um but uh, yeah, Tales of the Walking Dead. We'll see uh, if we get a season two. No news yet as to whether that's been renewed or whether they'll do another uh, series of this. But I would imagine um, AMC is going to develop it uh, behind closed doors until they get a couple more. I, seasons I definitely out. don't think this is the last time we see some of these characters. Yeah, I, I could see. Um, well, here's the thing: I th- I could see some of these folks coming back in like a follow up Tales season. I. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see how any of these characters fit into any of the other spinoffs. Like, uh, unless I'm, unless I'm like, I'm not really connecting the dots. Like, I don't think any of these folks go to Paris with Daryl. I, I don't think they're in Rick and Michonne. Like, it's, it's hard to see that, but I could see them returning in Tales for sure. Well, we have to remember, we have Negan in Escaping from the City. What if they run into Joe and Evie? Yeah, are they near New York? Is that the idea? The the idea. Well, there? no, they 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 were in uh, Michigan, but yeah. it wouldn't be a far stretch to say that after their adventure, they went east toward yeah. New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I think they. Yeah, you you could see that for sure. I mean, I I would welcome that. I would love to see those characters pop back up. I think they were um, two of the strongest and most likely candidates to to pop back up in The Walking Dead. Um, they fit very well within that universe. I would love this. I would love to see our time loopers show up again, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. It's but a if tough it one. Did, but if it did, I think it would work. They yeah. just would have to do, have those characters without a time loop and make them talk about the time loop and people look at them like they're crazy. <laughs> I, I think, I think if they brought those characters back, I, I would pretty much guarantee if they brought those back, they'd be, they'd be stuck within the tales of the walking dead. I, I don't know if they'd uh, escape, but you never know. We'll see. Um, I really hope we get a second season. This is the, the freshest the walking dead has ever felt. Um, and it was sorely needed after um, the world beyond and, and everything else that we've been watching. I think it's, it's really, it's, it was a good watch. So definitely check it out. Tales of the walking dead. And um uh, when you're resubscribing to AMC or what have you for the return of season 11, don't skip these episodes. They're all worth watching to some degree. Uh, and, and don't be afraid to, to skip over the ones. Maybe, um, maybe you don't think you'll like, uh, again, uh, they're all, I think they're all, they're all very, uh, watchable in the sense that they're, they're well done enough that like it, you'll watch a story within this universe and it's completely different from, most of the stuff you've seen. All right. So while you've been talking, I did my research because I wanted to be able to say this with certainty. 
So the episode, the last episode is titled La Donna, mm-hmm. right? And yep. there is a film from 2019 called La Llorona. There is a, another film from 2019 called The Curse of La Llorona. There is a film from 2022 that's coming out called The Legend of La Llorona. There is a 1933 film called La Llorona. There is a 2011 film called The Legend of La Llorona. There's a there's a there's two other movies called La Llorona. Like so, this is a thing. So I'm not wrong. I was worried I was wrong when I saw the La La, La Donna episode. I was like, oh, they're gonna do the white woman La Llorona story again, and that's exactly what this was. And this unfolds just like one of those one of those movies. Oh well, there you go. So some other stuff to check out too in in terms of uh, looking for. Sort of the inspiration. The other versions. The other versions just don't have zombies in them. Yeah. Well, there you go. I knew. I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't crazy. Oh, Lou, you're not. Well, crazy. maybe I am because I like zombies so much. That's <laughs> a different not, story. You're not crazy. Um, but you know what? Coming up on Zamp, what we'll have in the near future. Uh, obviously, we talked about The Walking Dead returning for yet uh, another part to their to their final season, uh, season eleven. Um, and also we have our extra life movies. We're going to start discussing those right away with, uh, Pawnee pool and, uh, Ryan's choice. We'll, I think by the next episode, we'll nail down what that movie will be. And again, if you want to donate bit.ly slash extra life, Ryan, 25 bucks allows you to suggest one zombie film, $50 suggests three. And you just put your choices in the little, um, little me- donation message there. And, um, you had a, uh, the reason we say suggestions is you got to make sure the movie is uh, available for us to rent, uh, buy or, or, um, stream on a streaming service. That's, that's the easiest way to, to get us to watch it. So bit.ly slash extra life, Ryan. Um, and yeah, I think like by the time we talk next, we'll definitely be checking out, uh, more walking dead because season 11 is here and Lou has access to AMC plus I have access to AMC plus let's, uh, Let's dive back in and see what's going on at the Commonwealth. And uh, and then right after that, we'll start watching our movies and um, doing some extra life stuff. So I'm really excited for what's coming next. Um, if you want to uh, join in the conversation, get, uh, you know, first heads up as to what we're doing next and what movies have been uh, donated in, uh, to extra life. You can go to our discord bit.ly slash Zamp discord. Uh, it's a great spot to join in the conversation. I also want to thank our patrons, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. We had discussed revamping that for our 10 year anniversary, which just this past month. Um, we did not get a chance to do that because it was such a busy month, but it's still in the planning phases. So uh, look forward to that. But if you're a patron right now, nothing will change for you. Uh, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. You want to support this show directly. Um, you can visit our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can email us, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. You can find all those details on our website. And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. And finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his work at joelduggan.com. Lou, this has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, but before we go, I always like to know if you have some fine, busy zombie lord knowledge for our listeners. I'm looking forward to trying to watch The Last of Us. So if you've been listening to the show and listened to me poo-pooing, this is me saying I'm going to give it a shot. There you go.
you were always going to give it a shot because I was going to watch it and I was going to make you watch it. So... 